Hi, you are listening to Creatrix Culture. I am your host, Sarah Wolf. And today we are joined with doctors Michael and Barbara Grossman of Falling in Love Forever. They are speakers, authors, and coaches. And for over 25 years, they have taught couples practical skills to create a fulfilling romantic partnership. And today we are going to dive into your brain and romance. And we are going to learn how to accept our partner's peculiar changes over the years and see it as a natural part of development. And as I was just telling them before we jumped on here, I am really excited about this topic. As I was, I was just saying that being 42 now, um, I've seen a lot of relationships and been in a lot of relationships and seen couples, you know, really have a, a hard time and struggle through those changes as we grow older, especially the ones that started out together when they were young, or even, you know, just even coming together later in life and finding new things that they're excited about, or if they start walking different spiritual paths, you really start seeing the struggles when somebody wants to grow and somebody doesn't want to grow or somebody finds a new passion and then the other person's upset about it or jealous about it and, and, and the conflicts that it creates. So welcome to my show today. Thank you for taking your time and sitting down with me. Pleasure to be here. So how do you guys want to jump into this one? Because this is, this is, I think it's a really big thing and, and couples grow apart a lot. And I grew apart from my ex-husband and I needed to grow and start living a more healthy lifestyle. And he wanted to stay where he was and it just became very unbalanced and very disconnected. And it became very unhealthy for me to stay connected to him. I had to kind of like, felt like I had to lower myself to, to stay into his world when he didn't want to keep growing. So how do you navigate all that? <laughs> well, we, what you're, what you're describing is an organic phenomenon in life about development. Um, partners grow and they grow at different um, timetables, especially because one is usually a man and one is usually a woman and our patterns are different, mostly because one of us has babies and it keeps us in a um, kind of a connected caretaker role. Mm -hmm. And um, so we, we grow at different paces and it's important to see the big picture. So we interpret it correctly. It's just because one of one partner takes a step and grows beyond the status quo of the relationship doesn't mean that's the end of the relationship. If you understand the big picture and we provide the big picture and it's based on very um, substantial research mm -hmm. about how there's a whole... There's a whole arena of development as adults. Adult development is not just for kids. And, and um, it starts with a, um, a stage of belonging, where a caretaker stage, where and that's usually where couples get together and, and uh, commit and start a family. Mm -hmm. And then the, the person who has the most creative job, who, who makes the most money or makes money and is independent and, and feels and understands his responsibility for creating life, they um, individuate and they become much more differentiated in their interests and values. And so that is a big separation in the relationship. Uh, couples, partners in that, in that time period don't understand each other quite the same. They're not on the same page. And um, it looks like the caretaker partner or the partner who has, you know, a bureaucratic job that doesn't involve complex thinking. They're, they're talking different languages and it feels like disconnection, mm -hmm. but it, it, and there's stages beyond that that's even more, you know, so the person who's, who's got the, the uh, sophisticated job that's complex, they're growing their mind and they're going into different levels of thinking that are more complex and involve much more personal responsibility. The caretaker person is all about connection and love and empathy and feelings. Mm. The stage beyond that is an integration of feeling and thinking. That's an even much more integrated and balance stage. And if you can get there, you're, you're, you know, and it's worthwhile to grow through these earlier stages because you really cash in on development then. But this stage, this point where you're in different places is very hard for couples. It's hard to understand it. It's hard to accept the differences. And um, that's, we address that directly with skills because there is a way not only to understand each other, but to help the caretaker partner grow and, and join the more individuated partner in partnership. And we would like to, we want people to see the big picture so they don't abandon ship prematurely, that they right. really see it through 
and um, help each other. And this partnership goes can go on a lifetime. It is the best personal development program there is. It's it's the best. You'll get the best feedback from your partner, and it's it's important to know how to deliver feedback, of course. But you know that there's you can grow infinitely in a relationship. That's our message. Amazing. So do you have like a skill, one little skill that you want to share with everyone, like a beginning kind of thing that, that partners can kind of start looking at to, to keep that connection? We have a lot of skills that we share about. Yeah. So the first skill that Dr. Bart was talking about is the skill of seeing the big picture. Mm -hmm. Don't think that now that your partner has moved from where they were when they were 20 something, to where they were when they were 30 or 40 something, that this change is something that is unreasonable, that is, is problematic because they're doing it to, you know, to be mean to you and to be hurtful and they don't care about you anymore. You can see the big picture that we change our whole life. You don't expect a two-year-old to behave like a six-year-old. You don't expect a six-year-old to behave like a 13-year-old. Expect a 20-something-year-old to behave like a 40-something-year-old. And so whoever you fell in love with, that person is going to change. And Mm -hmm. so if you see the big picture, that's a skill to not personalize their new desires to be different. Mm -hmm. So that's a big thing. So that's what Dr. Barber talked about first. So Mm -hmm. that's one big thing. Now, there are many specific skills that we teach couples to deal with these inevitable changes where one or both of the couples moves into a different phase of beingness in the world, where they're no longer just comfortable just being together. Now you want to have self-expression. So I, I, I often refer to that Barbara and I has, have had as if three different marriages. First marriage, we were 21 years old, and we did whatever I thought was right and whatever I thought was good. And uh-huh. it was a great marriage that I really enjoyed. <laughs> your marriage? <laughs> that was your marriage? <laughs> that was the one I liked. And then we had six years of Barbara going back to graduate school, thinking for herself, having her own desires, her own point of view, her own perspective. Mm-hmm. And it created a lot of conflict because I wasn't used to that. And she was just trying to get it to work from her side. And it took a lot of skills to move past that. And the kind of skills that we talk about, one skill is the skill of listening. Mm. So we, we describe that unless you're listening without interrupting, then you're not really listening. Mm-hmm. So how do you learn to do that? It takes time. We have classes and we teach them in our classes. We have, uh, we have um, video classes online that look at different challenges. And in that, whether you're having trouble with arguing or not feeling like you're number one or financial issues or or other issues that come up in relationship, how to talk to each other is so critical, mm-hmm. but it's the listening that really is hard for people. Because usually when you're listening to your partner, you're, you're, you're planning on your, your next response. You're, you're going to just convince them that they're wrong and you're right. And mm-hmm. that's not a great way to listen to your partner. Right. Yeah, I know a lot of people struggle with, and I was just having this conversation with one of my girlfriends the other day, is when people don't give you that platform to speak and without being fixed, and then you can feel that they're not listening and, and that, that need to just sometimes get things out of you to just get them out of your body right. and to not have them have to have a solution right away, or maybe you never want them necessarily to have a solution, but yeah, that, that space of just really being heard. And from what I've kind of observed over the years is that people tend to start raising their voices and getting louder. And then they're like, why are you yelling at me? And it's not that the person wants to be yelling. It's that they really are deep down, not feeling like they're being heard or that their partner's not listening to them. Right. right. Listening sounds simple. We we actually hold people's hands and and we break it down into, into, um, uh, mini skills. So they really get it. Mm. it. It takes a lot of self-discipline. Yeah. 
And 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 then also when you're really listening to your partner, it stretches you because immediately you want to say, well, it didn't happen that way, or or that's not right, or you you shouldn't feel that. Mm-hmm. And 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 you have all these things come up, but your job is to come back and just like you're watching a movie, if you're watching a wonderful movie that's a drama, you don't say, oh, oh, you you shouldn't. No, you're just listening. You're getting the character. You're seeing, oh, look at that character. That is really a, a different way to see the world. Look at how that character, and look at this other character. Wow. And you're not trying to change the characters. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to fix them. Right. And so that's what we teach people how to listen to each other in that way. And it makes you grow. Mm-hmm. I know when I was um, when I was a lot younger, I didn't really grow up in a very communicative family. Everything like you just kind of keep it to yourself and keep it inside. So as I like became older and out in the world and navigating relationships and just friendships, I found it really hard to 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 speak of how I'm really feeling. And I attracted a lot of people that that would get very defensive if I did speak my feelings or or like not like they wouldn't um, they would tell me that my feelings were invalid, basically, and not so many words, maybe in a manipulative way or like or the defensive way as well. Um, How do you in like when you have two couples together and one person is really in that space that they are not open to to receiving that type of like information that they might have done something wrong or hurt them where they get that how do you navigate that def- teach someone to navigate through that defensiveness that might I feel like it's a it, I don't know if it's like a maturity thing or like you know as people might grow out of that as they get older where they they are they can take more critic not criticism but you know what I mean be more present and just listening and not having that quick pushback Right. So what we do is um, when you have an important conversation to have with a partner, we, we have a process where you will, you ask for that kind of listening. Okay. There's rules to it. Okay. And, and you know that this is the kind of converse, conversation that's, that's meaningful. And mm. so it's, it's, you don't, te- you don't treat it like a coffee, um, coffee clutch um, interaction or something over the uh, water cooler. It's not a casual conversation. It has rules. Okay. And, and it requires each partner to behave a certain way and really, really take it in. And each each partner has a chance to share, and each each partner has an opportunity, you know, to listen deeply. And um, and you do it by appointment, so it's not a, a surprise event, mm-hmm. and it, it brings the best of partners together. That's really beautiful. And and in our book, uh, Ageless Love, there are three parts of the book. One part is the mind, one part is the body, and one part is the spirit. And in the mind part, we have prescriptions at the end of uh, the first part. And one of the part is that you need to make appointments when you want to have a, an important discussion with your partner. So even without all the details of all the skills that Dr. Barber was talking about, mm-hmm. just that alone is really, really critical to, to let your partner know, oh, you know, I really need to talk to you about some things, what's a good time? Mm-hmm. So you can actually sit down and have a five-minute conversation without interruptions. Mm. And that, that by itself takes away that, that whole intense upside. You say, well, I want to say something, and they, they immediately, you're in a fight before you know it. You're arguing about things. Yeah. Yeah, then that person doesn't feel like they're kind of getting ambushed or getting hit out mm-hmm. of nowhere with a bunch of stuff that someone's just coming at them. That's really beautiful. I really like that. And these, these deep conversations over time really impact people. You, mm-hmm. It forces each partner to stretch and grow. And that, along with other, other skills we teach, we believe that you know, the, the power of the, the requirements of a, of a good partnership is telling the truth and being responsible. And just those two um, values alone creates a tremendous momentum for development. So I believe partnership is the best um, p- personal development pro- program that's available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're really in the rolling up the gloves in it, right? Well, you you know you have to stretch. Yeah, and um, yeah, and be vulnerable. And it's not always comfortable, but it yields great rewards. Yeah. So do you do you do you work with? Um, have you worked with a lot of people that are like that runner personality, where any conflict comes up, they just like shut down and and really try and try to either exit the relationship or exit the confrontation or the even if there's a meeting, 
And if you've worked with like, how do you get those type of people to actually like stay and not that fight or flight? So we, we hold people accountable to certain rules. You know, fundamentally, uh, our couple, the couples that I see, and whether in my office practice or in our courses, are people who don't know how to talk to each other. And mm-hmm. we teach people how to partners how to do that. And whatever their whatever their distractions or impulsiveness is prior to that, they learn how to be in the conversation and forward the relationship. And, and we have rules, very strict rules. We say if you're going to do sharing. Here's how much time you're going to spend sharing. And that's it. And then once you're finished with the sharing, you don't talk about it for 24 hours. Mm. So you, that gives so, you time to digest. And, and you don't sit and argue about it. So you're happy to share. Let's bring it up. And then we're finished. The guys love that. We're finished for another 24 hours. Okay, now we can just start living again. You know, all right, but we'll share a little bit. Okay, okay. But it doesn't overwhelm mm-hmm. either party. But it gives both parties, both partners, a chance to really express themselves. And the 24 hours is good to think about what you've heard, because mm-hmm. usually there's a lot of cognitive dissonance. You have very different points of view, and it's important to think and not just react. Yeah, I know I take like a little bit of time if I'm upset about something to not like approach the person right away and really sit with it to see where it kind of lands in me and what the, you know, because sometimes we can be in a certain mood where something in the moment feels like, you know, so big. And then you sit with it for a minute and you're like, oh, that's not as, you know, as much of an like eruption than I thought it was because I'm not just reacting in the moment. So I can see how that would really help to have people take time over that 24 hours to, yeah, like kind of like take a step back from it and kind of unplug from the emotional reaction of it to look at it at it practically. That's a really, that's a really beautiful thing to do. And then you commit to uh, coming back to the conversation the next day. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't go away, but it, it, it uh, unfolds, it develops. Yeah. And I, and I like that as like, you know, keeping um, the, I think that's like what you said earlier, the responsibility part of like, yeah, not just like abandoning the conversation that everyone thinks it's okay, but then one person then goes on holding the resentment, you know, in them because, and, and that unresolved feeling and stuffing it away for it to just compound and blow up bigger, right? And I, I feel like there's a lot of security in that, knowing that things can be resolved. I'm like, a, I'm a also delayed reactor. So like someone could say something or something could happen that right in, in, the, in the time, like something in the back of me, I kind of note that something was off, but I'm not like, it, it will be like, you know, a few days later, it really comes up and I sit with it. I'm like, wait, that was like really not cool, you know, or that really hurt me or, and then I would have people that would get really mad at me. They're like, are you're, you're seriously like bringing this up now? And I'm like, but it took me a couple of days to even like realize what the feeling was or what was happening in me or the reaction in me or that there's this thing. And so then in because I, because of like, you know, past things of people being like, oh, now you're bringing it up later. Then I would just stuff it down and move on. And then that's when the compound effect, you know, would happen to where it would just be blow up into a, a bigger thing. So I, I really love that you have such structure for people to navigate with all the different people's traumas and personalities and, you know, upbringings and what they're taught. Uh, that's really, that's really beautiful. And then we, we take a step further. There are certain, certain uh, feelings that uh, come up that, um, that where there's injuries in the conversation or injuries in your life experience as a couple. And it, it's, it's hurtful, not just because of what happened in the moment, but because it ties back to a, a, uh, an experience in childhood. And we have um, a mechanism for having partners reach into their history and share those hurts and injuries so that each partner is becomes familiar with what's sensitive in each in each of them so that they know not to not to walk on those sensitive areas with army boots but to yeah tread lightly mm-hmm. so so for instance barbara has sensitivities because when she was two she lost her natural father to divorce mm. essentially never saw him again and when I got to understand, that was a big area of sensitivity for her. So when she used to ask me, when you go on the airplane, please call me as soon as you land. It seemed like an unreasonable thing that was just purely annoying. Yeah. 
Back then, there were no cell phones. You have to go and find a pay, a pay phone. phone. Yeah. And you're busy and you want a schedule. And, uh, and you just want to keep moving, especially in the airport. You just want to get out of there, right? <laughs> but when we went through this process and I understood, oh, this has nothing to do with not trusting me or not whatever. It's not, it's not a personal thing. It's just her history makes her sensitive and, and, and she has this need. Mm-hmm. So I can extend myself and just not personalize and say, oh, it makes her happy. Mm-hmm. And so that is something that each of us have to learn about the other. Mm-hmm. So we have quirky things that hurt us that wouldn't hurt our partner. Mm-hmm. And don't think that they're doing it because they're trying to hurt you. It's just that they, they don't get it because it's not their history. Right. So it's very important to understand your partner understand their sensitivities. And we unfold that in our various courses and classes. Yeah. So then, then it's like, then people become like, you don't feel like you just said, like, it's not annoying anymore. There's, you can, it's not just like someone's being just overbearing or controlling. They might think they're controlling. It's like, oh, having a really great understanding to the seed of what that is. Right. And then you could respect it more in a sense, right? because it's not just coming from this like and, insecure and, place or whatever it is. And you still can, um, um, you know, uh, negotiate you mm. know, what you can and can't do and so forth. But, but you come from a place of, oh, you know, I'll do what I can, you know, how about if I do it this way or that way? It's very touching when your partner takes care of those deep seated uh, injuries or fears that come from our history. Um, you know, no, who else would do something? It's a huge love, gesture of love. And, yeah. uh, and it, you know, it, it can be, it just takes, you know, just a, a small, a, you know, a small behavioral request that takes care of it. It doesn't have to be a big, um, you know, complexity, but ju- those gestures are just very meaningful and really bond you both together. Have you, Barbara, found that with that, over the years then has that went and that little seed from when you were two that him showing up in this way started to heal that did that finally over time kind of dissipate a little bit that that even that need wasn't so loud once it was like nurtured and recognized or is that still kind of like a thing that like it's healed it's healed but it's still just such a natural thing that that still like keeps you feeling like that connection and, and everything. The, the injury has been softened by mm-hmm. Michael's generosity. Uh, I don't know that it's entirely gone away, but it's softer. Okay. It's much softer. Mm-hmm. Those early childhood experiences are really, uh, you know, engraved in our memories and our experiences. And, and it's, you know, it's almost a physiological uh, reaction. But, you know, when you have the, the collaboration of your partner, um, it, it builds trust in your relationship and it builds more trust in life. Mm-hmm. It's a very deep thing. Uh, and I, I want that for couples because that's how we, we become our better selves. Yeah. Yeah. And so many people do walk in with, you know, a lot of trauma and wounding and things. And I've done a, a little diving into even like generational trauma that's kind of passed down. So sometimes they are reacting to something that they don't even know. Mm-hmm. exactly that even just even kind of like happened to them it's like kind of just been in a family you know. story mm-hmm. yeah, yeah well, how did you- we all have those experiences I don't think any of us have been un- untouched no. by hurt or injury yeah yeah I don't I haven't met one person <laughs> that's why we're all here working together right and like doing the best we can to like navigate and become our best selves and our happiest selves and what what made you to decide on your paths to fully dive into this partnership work as opposed to being like, you know, coaches or therapists or anything for any other avenue of like the psyche and psychology? Like what was like kind of the point that you're like, you came together and you're like, this is like our real mission of what we want to do. I do have a private practice and I see people and okay. What I, you know, what I, my message is that everyone thinks their own uh, relationship issues are very personal and there's, a, there's, there's something wrong with them. And, uh, but I want you, to, I want people to know that in this age where everybody's an individual, eventually, this is a universal dilemma and it doesn't need to be a private session. I, we can do this in big, big groups. Mm. Everybody's dealing with the same thing. It's just a matter of degree and where they're located on the developmental 
pattern. And um, we were so excited about the, um, our own accomplishment. Uh, and it was so unexpected that we'd get on the other side of what was really very challenging, that we want everyone to have this. Is it really, you know, if, if, if you love someone and you're at the edge of, you know, discouragement, it's so painful, but to see the, the rebirth of the relationship at a new level is such a beautiful thing for the couple. And it's so important for our families. So for our children, uh, I believe there's a, a societal problem uh, with, with um, children not having both parents or both parents who work together. Um, it's, you know, that this really takes care of so many problems. Mm-hmm. What I can add is that my path of life started out, I was going to get enlightened through meditation and I was committed to that. <clears throat> and uh, I brought Barbara board to meditate and we went to all these courses and classes and had wonderful experiences wonderful experiences and i thought that was going to be the key to my spiritual growth mm-hmm. and what i found was that i needed to work on my heart and our emotional relationship to move to the next layer of spiritual growth mm-hmm. it wasn't just enough to get that peace and calm and joy from meditating, which was wonderful. But I actually, uh, I'll tell you about one, one experience that was really dramatic. So um, I'm a medical doctor working in the hospital, working in my, my office, coming home 11 o'clock at night, exhausted. I knock on the door, it's raining and thundering outside. And I come inside and Barbara says, as soon as I walk inside, uh, I wanna talk to you, Michael. I said, please, not now. I'm exhausted. Let's talk tomorrow. Mm-hmm. She says, oh, I forget what I said. And, but she, I and she says, I want to talk to you right now. It's really important. And I, and I say, well, you know. I probably said something about how you never have time for me. Right. And then I say, <laughs> you're so selfish. You only think about yourself. And we get into this big argument just about having a discussion or not. I'm exhausted. And we were just arguing and arguing. And we go in the bedroom and I'm where I'm in my pajamas trying to go to bed and we're still screaming at each other. Mm. We're in our twenties. You understand? Yeah. So, so it's thundering and lightning and the thundering lightning gets closer and closer together. And eventually the thunder and lightning happen at the same moment. And the lightning comes down the chimney in our, in our bedroom and splashes lightning all over the room. The room lights up like, like, like the sunshine and then the sparks fly everywhere. And I say, well, I, I think we have to do this better. <laughs> so that was like, for me, a signal from God. Yeah. Hey, hey, you better get this right and stop all this nonsense here. So I, we went on this big process where I let Barbara coach me as to how to get relationship to work better. And we went to a lot of people. We found mentors who were really... Um, very important in our lives. And please don't misunderstand, Michael still believes in meditation. He actually teaches meditation and has free meditations online for people. Oh, so it's, it's not an either or thing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We, we have to develop both our mind, our spirit, and our, and our, our hearts. Mm-hmm. And, um, and often for men, they develop their mind, being at work, and, and being real involved in success and career and all that, and they haven't developed their heart. Mm-hmm. Women often develop their heart, particularly if they're raising children, mm-hmm. but they haven't quite gotten that career thing and that success thing, and so they move into that later. And then there's all this complexity about right. the relationship. Right. So when women get into that um, workspace, then there's a power struggle about mm-hmm. who's right. So, you know, no matter how your, your particular relationship moves through these, these developmental times, there, there's going to be um, a, require, a stretching and discomfort and a challenge to grow. And everybody has to do both things eventually. Get mm-hmm. your mind developed and get your heart developed. But it's mm-hmm. a, it, that's a big process. You're talking about five or 10 years of moving into different phases. And, and, and so in our book, we have one book we wrote called The Marriage Map. The Road to Transforming Your Marriage from Ordeal to Adventure. Wrote that a couple of years ago. You learn all about this developmental changes. And we personalized that book. And it's really, it's a very powerful book because it really shows you what you can go through and what you will go through over a lifetime if you're growing. 
Mm-hmm. And then our new book, Ageless Love, is, is, is much more practical. It gives you all the, the prescriptions that you need, and it presents the changes in your brain. There's so many brain changes that you go through. You were asking in the beginning of the discussion, what are the brain changes that you can go through? Everybody needs to have their brain function more like a wave rather than a particle. Mm. So when we look at science, science has electrons and photons. They can show up as a wave or as a particle. When they're a wave, they're not localized. When a particle, up oh, here it is, it's right here. It's local. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the electron can go back and forth. And it's kind of like magical. And it drives scientists crazy because, you know, how can it be both things? And how does it go back and forth? And why can't we you know, understand it more? And, and they really don't understand it, but it's, that's the way it is. And they just say, okay, accepting that's what it is, they can make all kinds of things happen on, on, a, on a scientific level. But for us personally, when we talk about when you see your partner, not as trying to hurt you and to aggravate you and irritate you, you can see your partner. Oh, that's why you're like that because of this. Then you are being like a wave. Mm. You're seeing your partner as a wave. You're not seeing them like a particle. How dare you do this? I'm going to get you back. I'm going to hit you off. Then you're both particles bouncing off each other. When you see them as a wave and they see you as a wave and you live in that wave nature, you can move together and and there's not a localized perspective going on. And then you can grow in your heart because when you're a wave, it helps you to solve problems to a certain, when you're a particle, it, it, it localizes things. When you're a wave, you can see the big picture of everything and then your heart can really expand. So we teach people how to be a wave in their relationship and to understand it from a scientific point of view. Mm-hmm. That's that's really nice. To that's also helps people that are more like the the left logicy brain to to come and have a seat at the table as well. That it's you know like people like really practical, tactical, tangible things. What is your what is your like I want to say like advice or thoughts or how do you navigate people that when both parties don't want to really show up to the conversations or to the growth or the change, when one person, like one spouse is really, you know, wanting, let's say to do the counseling or to do the the work and, and the coaching and whatever. And, and the other one just really isn't showing up or not that active or kind of, how do you navigate that into getting them to, to also take the seat at the table fully? if they're having such resistance to showing up? Well, I don't know that I um, pressure anybody. It is a choice to grow. But I want, I, I want people to know that the, um, uh, the single most, uh, I want to talk about the Harvard study, that uh, an 80-year study from Harvard shows that the single number one factor in longevity is the quality of your relationships. It was done with, um, it started with 1940s college students at Harvard. It also included uh, local uh, Boston residents. So it was equally, you know, it was, it was diversified for um, class and race and it, couples who, who, uh, whose health was the best and who, whose lives were longest were people who reported great collaboration and cooperation and connection in their relationship. So that's the motivation for learning how to make your relationship joyful and, and connected and, and deeply satisfying. It's a win on, it's a win for on every level. It does take work. So if yeah. someone's not willing to do the work, that's their choice. And right. now what I can add is that when we run our courses, we let the men know that this is going to allow you to feel more respected. You take our class. So we, we have the class that's for two hour classes mm. and, and this will make you the man feel more respected. The women want to feel more attractive to their man connected. and connected emotionally to the man. The men, generally, they want to feel more respected. Mm. That's a general thing. And so when men get that understanding, they're much more enthusiastic about taking the class because it's not just about connection, but it's about having each person feel what they need. Men need to feel more respected. And, and, and when they hear that, they're excited about it. That's, I like that. 
Yeah, you're speaking their language, getting them in, like right. <laughs> little breadcrumbs. <laughs> so you said you had three three marriages so far in your marriage. And how long have you been married now? 50 years. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank That's you. amazing. Yeah. Um, I think my... my... Right. It's, it's not amazing we're married 50 years. It's, it's amazing that we're more in love now than ever. That is amazing. <laughs> So did we did we leave the the subject of our three marriages? Yeah, I was gonna bring it back. Um, oh, I was just gonna say. So then it was Michael's marriage. Then it was Barbara's marriage, right? No, and then, it wasn't so the, Barbara's marriage. It, it was it was an upset marriage. It was okay. It was power struggle. And then the struggle. third marriage is is being the three marriages in your marriage. Is your is this? Is your, collaboration your, and is your collaboration marriage for each other is yeah. independent self-sufficient individuals who choose to come together and mm. support each other and it's kind of um, a peculiar thing i mean how can you be independent self-sufficient and come together yeah how how do you do that <laughs> if you watch dancing with the stars you ever watch dancing with the stars i've watched it yeah Okay, so what you see in Dancing with the Stars, and Barbara and I are ballroom dancers. We compete in ballroom dancing. Oh, beautiful. I taught at Fred Astaire briefly when I was 19. So like- but You know, all right. I know, yep. I grew up dancing and then I went the ballroom route for a minute, yeah. So in standard ballroom dancing, you're holding, you're in hold with each other, right? You're, you're holding each other and it's, it's very firm, very precise. So there's a lot of contact but you have to have room for movement and self-expression at the same time. Mm. How do you do that? Well, how you do it, you, you, you create roles for each other. The man, he, he, he's in charge of the timing and the direction. And the woman is in charge of extending the movements and being the flower with, with all the different movements. So you each have your own roles to play. And both roles are dynamic. You're both working hard. Yeah. But together you produce something beautiful and musical and delightful. Mm -hmm. And that's what each of us have to find out in romantic relationship. Romance is different than brotherly sister love than parents and children. You can love your, your parents and children, not see them for six months or a year and come back and you're right there and you're just in love again. And don't do that with romantic relationship. It doesn't work. Mm. God, a nurture is like fire. It, it, you, you have to constantly have air and fuel and, and, and to keep that romance alive. So you have to have the skills to keep that romance alive. And so that's what, that's what we teach, how to keep the skills alive in, in a romantic partnership. Yeah, because I, I feel like that's when you don't keep that that can type of connection too. people start wandering. Right. right. Not even necessarily straying, just like finding just the disconnection starts coming in. And I know deep down, I know a lot of people that really either struggle with that or want that. And then there's some that actually, yeah, that have it. But it does put such a strain. So in romance, you have to you have to have both stability security, as well as mystery and passion. And that's what it's like ballroom dancing, how to have both things, the stability and structure and the, the ability to move with self-expression and, and mystery. And, and, and then you, you fall in love with your partner. Mm. You fall in love with your partner because you're, you're stable, but you give each other room to have different roles and be different ways and just to appreciate the differences. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes romance go on over the years and what's what makes it more and more intense over the years. Mm -hmm. So it's really encouraging each other to like not having to do everything together or be is to really like encouraging people to even have like their own interests and, and in somewhat lives on a level. So then when you do come together, there's, there's like more, you're bringing more to the table in a sense. And, and sure. you share your interests, but they're not always the same. Yeah. And every partnership has to work that out, you know, and that's what, what you work out together with each other. So we have a lot of interest. I used to play softball every, every weekend. And then 61, they, they retired me because I couldn't run fast enough. And, and, then, and then I decided that, okay, I'm going to do ballroom dancing. Mm. But I told Barbara, if we're going to do it, I really want to do it. So we started to do the competition kind of thing. That was my dream. My grandmother, really? my grandmother was a Latin dancer, so I wanted to uh, dance, and it was a perfect opportunity. 
That's so cool. Yeah. And so that's what we do. And it's, you know, you know, it's, it's an intense thing. It's not like a relaxing, no peaceful thing. It's very, yeah. There's a lot that goes into that. Anyway, so, uh, so we've taken it seriously. We, we compete nationally. Uh, wow. we, we work really hard. We practice a lot. And we, I recommend people to, to, to dance because it really incorporates the principles and dynamics of relationship. Yeah, I was going to just actually ask you that. Do you, is that one of the, your like prescriptions, like, you know, be maybe being open and to trying this out together as even something to bring people together to do together? You, know, you can try anything. I mean, yeah. ballroom dancing is one thing. You can certainly try tennis. You can go out hiking. You can be bike riders. I mean, you can do whatever you like, but uh, to stay youthful as a medical doctor, an anti-aging doctor, I, I keep people young in many different ways. But one mm-hmm. of the things you need to do is you need to have regular exercise. And it's great if you can figure out something you enjoy doing together. Yeah. My grandparents golfed. They lived uh, down the street from a golf course. And so their entire adult lives, they golfed together. And they, my mom and I talk about it a lot because my grandfather just passed away a few years ago, he was in his mid nineties. My grandmother is still alive. She's now, now in her mid nineties, but it wasn't all the way up until their late eighties. They were mobile. And, um, until my grandmother developed dementia and, and then my grandfather's body started, mm-hmm. um, deteriorating where then he was in a wheelchair, but we really like equate to their longevity is their passion for golf and Mm. part of like them, like, you know, their marriage was, you know, they had their friends around golf and it was just this one thing. Right. Cause my grandma was really like, they, they lived in a small town. So she needed to know everyone and go to everything and be scattered Mm. all over. And my grandpa was just a little bit more quiet and would just have morning coffee with his friends, you know, but that was the golf thing that kept them mobile and active and i really feel like the longevity of their marriage and their life was because they had this one thing that they were both so passionate about that they they did like essentially together but kept them moving up until the late late later years and then life is just life and the body you know does what it needs to do to yeah start slowing down yeah that's very nice i think we all as as we grow we need to have those things we feel passionate about that we love and then we have things that help us to connect with our partners. And then, well, that's a very important part of, of um, maintaining romance is to have connection, but you also have that, that mystery that's there. So you have to find those things that create the mystery. And that's the longevity connection. You're doing what you love. You're getting exercise. You have a good relationship. And um, that's what uh, gives you the best chance for a long life. Yeah. Um, just for fun, do you have any little tips for people to like, I don't want you to give all the way, all your secrets because we're going to guide them to you to, to come take your classes and read your books and everything. Um, but just any little tips that you have to just something little to a nugget to help people, what could they do to like, keep that mystery or keep the passion, like just something that they could start playing with and incorporating into their relationships. Well, one thing would be that we encourage the ladies to tell their guys, it would really make me happy if, and then you make some request. Mm-hmm. We'll make it a big request and don't make a request that if it doesn't happen, you're upset, just a little request. And then when the guy does it, tell him how great he is for doing it, how happy it makes you. Men love to make their women happy. Mm-hmm. Some men have given up trying to make their women happy. That's not a good thing. Right. The ladies, you want to give the men opportunities to make you happy. That makes a lot of sense. And then for ladies, what can they do to what's a little nugget for them to to bring into the mystery or the passion to keep their end? So actually, both partner parties win in that particular suggestion. OK, they're, they're, a woman's um, generous. Thank you is a delicious um, contribution to positive energy in the relationship. Right, right. You want to really thank them intensely and mm-hmm. smile. Make sure that he knows that you're really happy. And and if you ask for 12 flowers and you only get one, you still thank him and say, oh, how great that was. Just make the guy, let him feel happy that he's satisfying you. Men love to make the women happy. Yeah. 
do you have any advice for people that are, you know, with the young kids, like, you know, the, the beginning marriages, it's all like hot and heavy and fun. It's just them. And then they have the kids and the young kids. And then they go through that really kind of like busy period where it's the work and the kids and they, they really disconnect Hmm. a lot during that time. Do you have any just little tiny nuggets or words of wisdom for them during those really crunch years to, to stay in that connection? We have two, uh, we, first of all, we have a parenting course to help help, um, partners parent on the same page Mm -hmm. so that they're working together. They feel the alliance of their, you know, what their rules and consequences are. And, and we call it parenting without arguments. And um, that way that there's, you know, there's no chance for, for children to um, divide the parents and work a deal, undermine each other so that they're working right. as a team. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that resolves, there's a number of elements to that, but that resolves a lot of the friction and, and being parents together. And then we, we encourage pa- parents to have time for the, for the partnership and not forget about that. Mm-hmm. So we, so we have parenting, um, uh, these uh, video courses, $37 each. Mm. There's three 20 minute courses and then you get homework. Okay. To practice the homework and, and it teaches you the skills. So one of the skills that you're going to learn in, in, in the, in the course for, for, for people who don't feel like they're number one with their partner, you feel like everything else comes first, you know, the mm-hmm. business, the work and all that tickets and, and you don't feel like we have skills that allow you to grow, to grow through that and, and to stay connected. So, so there, there's a lot of things that you need to do, including how to make requests without creating arguments. Awesome. Do you currently, are you doing any like classes or workshops live and in, in person anywhere? Um, or are you just mainly just everything's we're gonna online do, at this? We're going to do classes in person. Um, our, our, um, Four two-hour classes. We're going to do it the the very end of July, Sunday nights at five p.m. And we're going to do it four weeks in a row. After mm-hmm. that, we, yeah. we've taken a break over COVID. Yeah, and so we and we have a big event coming up where we're going to um, uh, our book will be out, and we're going to we have a dance show that we actually dance the stages of love, uh, and we tell we we uh, weave in our story so that it's personalized, so people can see themselves in the stages. And uh, we dance. Michael's in a tuxedo. I'm in a gown, and we were we're serious about you know really presenting this information in a very artistic way. When are you doing that? That sounds so fun. We're doing July 17th. We're doing it at the local dance studio. You know, eventually it'll be on it'll be online. But uh, okay, the idea is that these stages are universal. Everyone will identify themselves in one place or another. And our message is. Now that you know that there are stages and there's nothing wrong with you and nothing wrong with your partner, mm-hmm. you can grow through them. It's, it just takes certain, you know, understanding and certain skills to move through it and stay together and grow and enrich your relationship and be happy. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's really, it's really important that we. I, I really do feel that the 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 sacredness of marriage and partnerships has gotten so distorted and disconnected with you know just the evolution of life and especially now technology and um you know even people being able to like travel to go more places like you're not just stuck in your like little small town or your village you know what i mean and like there's so many distractions and options and blah 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 but yeah we've gotten so far away from that that structure and you know that just really holding the, the, the sacredness of what it means to come together in, in marriage and partnership and building a family that it's, it's really beautiful to see that you're so committed to spreading the messages and the work and that you are people that clearly walk your talk and being in a 50 year marriage. And that's especially in this day and age, it's, it's, it's quite, remarkable to to still witness people being able to navigate that and hold true to that because it's such a message to bringing that back and I was just this last weekend spent um, with 40 indigenous elders from around the world um, in in Big Bear it's an event called Anawa they were doing it for years before COVID uh, on the east coast and this is the first year that they brought it to the west coast 
And one of the biggest messages from these elders was, you know, living from love, helping, you know, us get, keeping this planet alive, but also the importance of family and community mm. and, and coming back together in, in the simpleness and, and, you know, really honoring who we're partnering up with and, and, mm -hmm. and in pure love and, and away from this, this big distraction that's happened and the, the different things that have started to break people apart. It's a win on every level for the partnership, for our children and for our it, community. Exactly. And our nation. It's, it's, it's just a multiple level win. Yeah. Because even for the children of, of bringing that back and having them witness and, and breaking like the new traumas, you know what I mean? And bringing it back so that then when they get older, they're, you know, then they're living how from a healthy place, instead of just rep repeating the, the trauma or the unhealthiness or the broken families, you know what I mean? And I really commend you for staying in your truth and staying in what you are so strongly guided to do. And continuing to find different ways to bring that message and the teachings. And I definitely would love to check out your being a dancer my whole life, this show that you're doing, that sounds so beautiful. It's really, it's really cool. I love, I love to hear that you're even finding other ways to, you know, they say to teach people, you need to go through all the different senses to really get, you know, cause some people are auditory, some people are visual, some people are this, you know, so coming at things in having many different ways to to connect and to grab right. other people. Our show, yeah. by the, our dance show, by the way, is choreographed by Jonathan Roberts. So cool. Yeah. So it's a, it's 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 a clear message in in an art form. I love that. Well, I want to honor your time. Do you have any closing comments, questions, words of wisdom that you want to share with everybody? I, I want to make sure that everybody knows that they can. Uh, take our quiz, which will lead them into which of the courses are, are uh, the best uh, courses for them to be on. So they could go to agelesslovequiz.com. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes as well so they can easily click on it. And then to find out about our new books and other classes that we have, the fallinginloveforever.com would be the link. Okay. .com. And um so we have lots of um, courses and classes, both online. We have our classes that we're doing here. We're next to the Orange County Airport. We're doing that in, uh, starting at the end of July on Sunday nights. So people can contact us through those uh, uh, through the websites, and we're happy to uh, talk to them and uh, invite them to learn these skills that will transform their life and their relationships. And we love doing it. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sitting with me today. This has been such a pleasure. And I, like I said, I'll put everything in the show notes for everyone so they can get a hold of you. And I'll be looking forward to seeing, to seeing your performance. What a pleasure. We wish you and all your audience great love. Thank you. Thank Enjoy you. the rest of your day.